0: Welcome to Maddie's, Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Kathy Johnson, and I would like to interview Brandi Grayson, running for Alder from District 14. As we begin, please tell our viewers a bit about how your, your ed- educational, vocational, and civic experience has prepared you for this position, and why you decided to run for Alder.
1: Oh, thanks, Kathy, for that. Um, Yes, my name is Brandy Grayson, um, and the experience that I have um, is more rooted in um, my personal experience experientially um, in terms of what I've done in my my world, what I've created and caused in my world. So most of my experience as it relates to politics, (laughs) <laughs> I was about to say something else It relates to politics is rooted in um, my activism work, my work in nonprofit. I've been in nonprofit industry for about 15, 20 years. I've been serving uh, the people in the community for a long time. Um, I did attend UW uh, Madison and um, study psychology, which allows me and provides me with a foundation in terms of um, communicating with people, active listening and things like that, which allows me the opportunity to build bridges, even um, come up with agreements with folks that I may not always agree with. Um, So I think my life experience as well as someone who moved to Madison at the age of 12 um, and being exposed to a a community that I I, I hadn't had experience with before. You know, I came to Madison really leaving um, an environment that was dangerous for a lot of reasons, Um, community violence, um, uh, crack was a huge Um, thing in our neighborhood. So we, I was surrounded by poverty and garbage. So when I came to Madison, I had this empowered and inspirational moment um, coming over John Nolan Bridge, and it just felt like possibilities, infinite possibilities. And I had Uh, committed myself for taking advantage of every single possibility that came and have come my way um, in Madison through social workers and my work and community and that's what I've done right and I feel like a lot of those resources and opportunities no longer exist and they matter they matter to the well-being and the safety and the healthiness of our community so that's why I'm running.
0: Okay first question. What issue or issues have you identified as being of primary concern to the residents of your district and how would you approach tackling them?
1: Well, you know, one of the most important things in my district is affordable housing. That is the number one thing. Parts of my districts are at extreme risk of aggressive gentrification. Um, And because uh, community members did a good job at building a sense of community and building community-oriented business um, along South Park Street, we cannot allow gentrification to um, push out the fabric um, and like the, the... the richness of our community. Um, We have to, you know, uh, do what we can to uh, create permanent affordable housing and affordable housing um, based off of li- livable wages. And um, so right now we have affordable housing that people still can't <laughs> afford, right? So that's the number one uh, challenge in our area. Number two is inequities, right? Um, this isn't all spears, of course, but there's an equity in access from public transportation to employment opportunities. There's an equity in services like internet access. There's an equity in criminal justice involve- involvement, a of people, necessary um, survival, you know, survival actions, we end up criminalizing people that can't afford to live um, versus doing what we can to support and provide programming to support folks. And of course, racial justice um, goes hand in hand with housing stability and home ownership, access to health oriented mental health and substance support All of that, you know, all of those things that uh, create safe and healthy communities, because we know that healthy communities equal safe communities. And we like to address, um, you know, community violence in a way that actually exacerbates community violence by criminalizing people versus looking at the root of our challenges. And I stand for safe and healthy communities and I want to bring my experience with programming and partnership and strategic partnership um, to the table, um, so that we can get the job done of creating a healthy space and a healthy environment for district 14 for all people.
0: There will be an advisory referendum on the ballot in April, about a number of modifications to the common Council. Mm-hmm. Including changing the number of members, yep. making it full time, and changing the term of office. Mm-hmm. Which of these ideas being advanced do you embrace, and why, or why not?
1: Um, to be honest with you, Kathy, I don't embrace any of them. I think they're problematic and dangerous. Anytime we we try to redistrict, if we're re, if we're looking at redistricting um, and making the districts larger, what we're inevitably going to do is push out. Um, the voices that are already unheard right and that's the thing um, regarding intention versus impact our intent is like oh we want equity oh we just need to make this a livable wage thing but it's it's more complicated than that right like someone like me who's a nonprofit a ceo and and love to do my activism and advocacy work i couldn't do that while being on the city council it, it eliminate me right and it makes um in a career versus something, um, that should be fluid, right? We should have folks, um, running for, um, seats every two years, right? It shouldn't be four, it should be every two years because that way we keep creativity, we create, cre- we keep innovation, we keep opportunities to bring young folks along with us into leadership, right? That's what it should be about. It shouldn't be about people making careers out of a position on Madison Common Council. And that's my fear. And it, it will be, it will call more, it will, cause more inequity, even though our intention is to cause more equity around wages, but I just don't think it's a great idea. I think it could be problematic. Um, like I said, for a lot of reasons, especially if we're not willing to invest in the research. And I just don't think Madison is there yet. We're not, we're not there yet to make, um, decisions that are radical, that center the piece the people and center the voices that are often left out of the table. And if we're going to redistrict, I can almost be certain in my, um, my, um, you know, projection that it will even it, it will even cause more inequity, right? Then we we add small pots of poor neighborhoods with large wealthy neighborhoods, and then the voices of those most vulnerable and disenfranchised won't get heard at all. We already have that challenging now with the way our district is um, lined out. So, yep, okay, I wrapped up and I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Thanks, Joe. <y'all. laughs>
0: Homelessness, evictions, and lack of affordable housing are vexing problems for Madison. That mm-hmm. seems to have been exacerbated in the time of COVID nineteen. Yep. What
1: ideas would you advance or support to help solve these
0: problems?
1: Well, we need to be in discovery around how to create real permanent affordable houses. We have to get into discovery of how we remove uh, private development out of the conversation. Because we, got, we have all these huge tax credits going to large developers, and they're getting rich, right? And for the sake of affordable housing, and someone like me who was working part-time two years ago, part-time and doing community work and raising my son, I could barely afford affordable housing, right? And I had an income of probably like uh, $3,500 a month in my Three bedroom affordable apartment on the north side of Madison was close to $1,300 a month. And I just don't think that's feasible. And that definitely isn't affordable housing. And that's under what we call Section 42. So we really need to get in discovery about how to create permanent affordable housing, how to create home ownership, real home ownership, where folks don't have to, um, low barrier home ownership um, and cooperative models. And we have to support tiny homes and safe um, and respectable and humane shelters right as we figure out and develop permanent housing and I would like to see Madison, including uh, district fourteen um commit to a thousand affordable permanent unit units on in in my district right and I will fight for that and advocate for that affordable housing based off um, our hourly wages like whatever our, our state wages I think they're still like seven eight dollars i don't think they even went up yet, but we have Uh, affordable housing, like I said, that's not affordable. And that's a problem, right? Which leads to this influx of homelessness and compounds it, which COVID, as we know, compounded it. Um, and we know that those who are disproportionately impacted by COVID um, and housing challenges are Black, Brown, and those suffering from mental wellness challenges and elderly, um, folks that are vulnerable. And it's and it's absurd that we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result that continues to lead to this compounded effect. So I will end there. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> hey.
0: With the selection of a new police chief and -hmm. the creation of a community oversight board, there's a lot of attention focused on policing and criminal justice, Mm -hmm. both from the perspective of racial equity and law enforcement and the concern of many citizens that, in fact, crime, especially car thefts and home burglaries, is increasing and police response is inadequate. How would you deal
1: with these concerns? I think we have to look at the root cause, right? We have to have a root cause analysis and we often don't. We like to provide band-aid services when we're when we when I, when the wounds are oozing, right? We know Uh, community violence has increased and been compounded as a result of uh, the pandemic. We also know that uh, community violence is directly correlated with poverty, right, with desperation, with lack of hope, with lack of resources, lack of opportunity, with lack of services, with lack of programming. Um, My district, District 14, I've been living in this district for going on 30 years. I think I've only lived on the North side. The Only time I left the district is when I moved to the North side, because I couldn't afford to be on the South side anymore. And then I got permanent job, you know, and then I was able to move back to my district because I've been here forever. And what's, what is very noticeable is the lack of resources for teenagers, right? Like, so when I was growing up on the North, the South side, we had a community center, we can go eat, we can go get, you know, help at any time, like from that community center is open at nine and it stayed it stayed open to 10 o'clock. So even if our families was dysfunctional, our environment was chaotic, we knew where to go get a meal. We knew where to get comfort. We knew where to get support, clothes, back, you know, we had that resources. Madison used to be in the 90s and the, the early 2000s, a place that provided for those who are was most vulnerable, which saved my life, which made me who I am today. I came from these same environments. Some of our, our the children that we see still in cars and things like that come from. So we have to be be willing to invest our budget has to reflect our, our investment in the people our budget currently reflects the investment in a criminality of those who are most vulnerable and criminality never gets us anywhere it gets us mass incarceration it gets us 200 million dollars in building a new jail versus 200 million dollars in building resources mental wellness supports first responders without weapons right we send in police to deal with people with mental wellness challenges and it ends with death right we got to do better we have to build up the people and invest in and the people, and not systems that are detrimental to the, the well beingness of our humanness. Sorry, Joe, I went over a little bit. I got a little excited. Hey.
0: <laughs> Madison businesses of all kinds since during the past year. Yeah. What, if
1: anything, would you
0: propose to support business revitalization?
1: Absolutely. I think we need to allocate. This is the thing like we understand in politics, um, business of politics is business, right? Which means that we often invest in those businesses or systems that we have allegiance through that we didn't lobby with, or there's been strings pulled in the background, which often leads out small businesses. It often leads all out businesses who were hit the hardest as a result of COVID. We have to have relief funds specifically for business with, that are low barrier. Like even with the $750,000 allocated um, to small businesses, you know, LLCs, 5000 LLCs, $10,000 grants here, the whole process was pretty... Uh, you know, filled with all these red tapes. <laughs> so a lot of people couldn't even access the funds, right? And then other people within our city council and our mayor was able to pull $250,000 and allocate it to a nonprofit, which should not have qualified, you know, right? When we talk about equity, it doesn't mean taking for from a, another vulnerable population to give to someone just to make you look good. So I would say that, and when we talk about businesses, we really need to do some real, I'm um, getting real discovery and research about how we can support our current businesses, especially our moms and pops. They're the most important to our economy, right? And it's most important um, for, um, in terms of economic empowerment and social mobility, which is the mission of Madison, right, as a city, to guarantee safe and healthy communities for all and social mobility. We can't have social mobility if we're not investing in entrepreneurship, if we're not supporting businesses that have been around, right, and that are doing a wonderful job, that are giving back to our community. And even on State Street, there's plenty of businesses that give back to our community, right? Even despite what went happened in the summertime. And there's certain businesses, um, there, there's like, we have to learn how to invest without doing this either or thing we need to learn the and yes you can support equity and you can still invest in businesses it doesn't have to be an either or we have to learn how to do the and and i'll wrap that up thanks joe
0: (laughs) what would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview
1: Oh, um. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Right. And thank you for like broadcasting this everywhere. I didn't even know that was going to happen. Um, but I want us to think about where we want to go as a city. I want us to think about how we can actually live up to our mission. Right. Because we're often you know we all we often have these policies or missions and value statements but we're we're not living up to them right we can't have social mobility um when our when we're when our budget doesn't reflect um providing supports and programming for healthy and safe communities we can't say that we're into economic empowerment and uh and uh you know, a green environment, we have these green plans when we're not um, investing in retrofitting our businesses um, for that, right? <laughs> um, we can't say that this is a, the number one place to live in a country and be proud of it when we have a whole nother population, folks in, a, in our community, where it's the the worst place, right? We can't have this, 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 uh, what what what's the appropriate word, this disconnection, right? We can't have Pleasantville for some and hail for others, right? Um, if we have the resources, we have the capacity, we have the community investment, we have the social capital of people in our community that have, have proven their integrity and done the work, we have to learn how to bri- bridge gaps and move away from this either or, right or wrong. I can actually have a, a, a different point of view than you. And we still can have similarity and commonalities that we all can advocate for. I'm sure if I ask most of us what's important in our world and it's the safe, healthy community, right? And we can start there and figure out how we get there together versus this either or type of philosophy that politics ultimately always take, right? We are the people and we are for the people. So let's act like it so we all can have access to this pleasant veal experience that is only limited to some of us.
0: I want to thank Brandy for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us.